0: To be uh, a mindful of it, although it is Friday night, and if y'all were in the world, you ain't even done getting ready yet. You understand what I'm saying? You still in the mirror? You still getting your herd you did yet? <laughs> so you know we're gonna <laughs> we're going to, uh, I'm not going to try to keep you long, but I want you to really pay attention to this word and get it in your spirit. So 1 John chapter 5, we're going to start at uh, verse 14. Um, how many of you want to do God's will in your life? You want to fulfill God's will. How many of you want to fulfill the purpose for which God created you? You know, all of us know that God created us for, now you understand that, right? God created you for a purpose. In fact, that's the only reason why you were born. That's the only reason why you were born. You were born because God had something that he needed to do and he created you in order to get it done. So every one of us before we were born, God had something that he needed fulfilled. And he was like, well, you know, like Adam, he's like, I got to get this done. So I'm going to make me an Anna to to get it done. So he constructed Anna. She was born and he, and he uh, outfitted her. With what was necessary for her to fulfill his purpose. Now, you know, you say, "Well, what if Anna never got born again? What if she never got saved? How would she be able to fulfill her purpose?" That's the thing: is that that's why that's why we preach the gospel to people. That's why we uh, preach the gospel of the kingdom, so people will uh, the gospel of salvation, so people will get born again, so that they can finally come into that place where they uh, can uh, get a revelation of the purpose for which uh, they were called. So if God called you for a purpose, if God created you to function in his purpose, he also then has uh, prepared and put an anointing upon your life to get it done. In other words, God's giving you the touch of his spirit. God didn't expect you to fulfill his purpose in the strength of your might. Amen. We're, we're, we're incapable. You are incapable of fulfilling God's plan without a immersion in the spirit. Right. And so God wants you to be immersed in the spirit because that's how you're going to get it done. Right. Many people have difficulty figuring out, number one, what God's will is for their life, the purpose for which they were created. And uh, m- more importantly, even if they do know what God has called them to do, what his will and what his purpose is for the life, many people never realize or see manifested in their life those things that they discover that God wanted them to do or that, the purpose for which God created. And most of you that are in this building today, some, most of you probably have an idea of what God's purpose is for your life. You just don't know how you're going to get it done. And so God gave me a word for y'all. Now, listen, if I fall out under the fire before this is all over with and just get drunk in the spirit, you'll just have to come back tomorrow. Amen. But anyway, First John, and I believe me, uh, the potential is there. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Um, I may have read this scripture to our bunch uh, here the past couple of Sundays, but I want you to see this. Look what it says. Uh, This is, and I'm reading this in the Amplified, so if it comes across loud, it's because it's Amplified. Uh, Can you change that up there, Marissa, Amplified? All right, wonderful. And it's going to read a little bit different because this isn't the Amplified Classic, but it says this, this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him so there is a a, according to the Amplified there is a remarkable degree of confidence that we as believers are entitled to walk in amen you know what the old timers used to call it blessed assurance blessed assurance amen amen Amen. Amen. they used to sing about it blessed assurance Jesus is mine Amen. amen glory to God so there's this, there's this remarkable degree, a supernatural confidence of which we as believers are entitled to have before him that if we ask anything, so what is that confidence? That if we ask anything, if we ask anything according to his will, that that is consistent with his plan and purpose. You see? Now, no, notice, notice that, it, that, it, that it clarifies what this means. That if we ask anything... Oh my gosh. According, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to make it through this. <laughs> According to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. So you can, listen, you can be assured of this. If you ask God for anything, you can have confidence in this. If you ask anything of God, that aligns with his plan and his purpose with your life. He hears you. He hears you. You know what? It don't take time for him to hear you. When you align yourself with God, immediately he hears you. Now notice the rest of it. It says, and if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have that we have granted to us the request which he, we have asked from him so not not only do we have confidence to ask and know that he hears us but we have confidence in this as well he will do what we ask him to do why because it's aligned with his will and it's aligned with his purpose for our lives, Amen, Amen. Amen. Now, you, you think you think we would have we would have figured some of these things out? You know, um, some of the things we ask for. Some of us are like, well, you know, I haven't really received some of these things that I'm asking for. Well, did you bother to find out whether it was aligned with His will and His purpose for your life? <laughs> Amen, <laughs> Amen. So I'm I'm i going to make sure that I lay a foundation here. So let's establish a few things that will, um. Let's establish a few things as they relate to you fulfilling your God-given purpose. And, and I'm going to try to stick with this. And I don't, I don't typically preach with notes, but I, I got under the inspiration today to type down some of the things I was hearing. And so I'm going to try to stick with a, a certain... Uh, I don't, you all know how that usually turns out. So anyhow. <laughs> so everything we need from God, according to Scripture has already been given. When we approach God in prayer or in fellowship, we must approach him with our minds made up and our hearts secure on the fact that he's already done it. Now, I know some of you are like, what do you mean he's already done it? So uh, let's look at another scripture. Revelation chapter 13, uh, verse 8. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. We'll read this in the, uh, we'll read this in the King James, I think. I didn't put down here what version it was, but anyway, thirteen eight says, and all that, now I want you to hear this because this is an example of what I'm talking about. Say this with me. Say everything, everything that I have need of, God's already taken care of it. Say this with me. Say everything, everything that, he's me to do, that he's called me to do, he already settled it in heaven. He it in heaven. And because he settled it there. It's already, done. it's already done. Now I'm going to help you with that. So Revelation thirteen eight it says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, talking about the uh, Antichrist, um, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Say this with me. Say the Lamb... Slain from, Slain from the foundation of the world. Now there's another verse of scripture. It's in the book of um, it's in the book of First Peter, chapter one, verse nineteen, and it validates what this verse of scripture uh, said. It says this. It says, "But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained." Before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. So we see a couple of scriptures here that allude to the fact that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Now, let me ask you a question. Who's the lamb? Who is the lamb? Jesus is the lamb. Uh, When was he slain, according to these scriptures? Before the foundation of the world. Some people say, well, he was slain 2,000 years ago. No, according to scripture, he was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, God... You know God before before Jesus ever came to earth and before we ever existed, God saw through the portals of time because he's omniscient, he's all- knowing, and he knew that one day his son would have to lay down his life for uh, his creation. Right. Amen. And so the lamb was slain before the foundation I'm going to give you another example of what, what I 'm talking about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus went and he, and, I, and I, didn't, I didn't write the scripture down, but it says this, it says that Jesus went and he cast out spirits with his word and he healed all manner of diseases. And then, then it says this, this is in a, one of the gospels, and I believe it's in the book of Matthew. It's, then it says this, it says, so that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophets. He bore our sicknesses and carried our disease. Now let me ask you a question. He bore. Say this with me. He bore our sicknesses, sicknesses. and and he carried our diseases. Now, have you ever thought about this? He had not yet bore sickness or carried disease, but he was already healing sick people. Well, how? See, I know some of you looking at me like, "Well, how can that be?" Well, because he was crucified. Before the foundations of the earth. See, we operate in the realm of time. God operates in the realm of faith. Listen, I'm about to mess with you all today. We operate in the realm of time. God, ep- Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm about to reveal a truth to you all. A lot of the reason why God's people... Oh, I'm going to get the cart in front of the horse if I go here, Pastor Gary. A lot of the reason why God's people never in, enter into their calling, they never fulfill their purpose, is because they're trying to fulfill their purpose according to time, bound by the constraints of time, functioning under the bondage of time, but God is not a time God, God is a faith God. God didn't tell us to walk by times, to walk by seasons. God told us to live and to walk by faith. Amen. So, I'm kind of revealing my hand here and show you the direction I'm showing you the direction I'm going. So let me show you another verse of scripture. It says uh, it says uh, um, in Ephesians chapter one, uh, and I'll I'll just read this to you. You can go there if you want to, but Ephesians one, and I would write some of this stuff down if I was you. Uh, verse, verses 3 through 5, it says, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms in Christ just as in His love He chose us in Christ, actually selected us for Himself as His own before the foundation of the world right. so that we would be holy That is, consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight in love. Amen. So, who are the chosen? When, then, were you chosen? If you were chosen before the foundation of the world, then when did he supply everything you needed to fulfill his purpose in Come on now, yeah. say this with me, say it's already done. It's already done. And see, that's, that's, that's what we as God's people, and I'm, this isn't even my message. I'm just laying the foundation so you understand where we're going. Because these are, these are things that I know that people that are part of Winter Church, we're aware of these things, I think, for the most part. Sometimes we forget them because when you go through life, you know what, you know what life does? Life, uh, life will bring circumstances that will come and try to drag you out of the realm of faith and get you operating in the natural realm and try to keep you from, from uh, realizing the things that God has prepared for you uh, that love him. Amen. Praise God. That means means everything's done. So if everything's already done, we can't can't say God's going to do it. You know what? You've got to eliminate this out of your vocabulary. Well, God's going to heal me. Well, you know, God's going to supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. One of these days, I'm going to go into the ministry Man, I'm going to be anointed. God's going to anoint me to heal the sick. No, God ain't going to do anything of the sort. If it ain't already done, (laughs) amen, amen. We can't say God's going to do it uh, because if we do, we get out of alignment with him. We get out of alignment with the truth. We have to be careful not to get out of alignment with God. Let me, give you, let me give you an example when it comes to healing. For, uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, um, you will recognize this verse of Scripture. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. He personally carried our sins in his own body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune to the penalty and power of sin And live for righteousness. For by his wounds you who believe have been healed. Amen. Amen. You know what? Uh, You're not going to get healed. You are already healed. It's already done. Amen. Amen. That's that's already settled in heaven. So some of you say, "Well, you know, I've I've gone through um uh I've got I've gone, but I'm Pastor Zig. I'm going through difficulties in my physical body. You know, um." Right now, my wife, she's going through some difficulties where she gets some pain in her arm. You know, you know what we're saying? We're not we're not saying, well, God's gonna heal her. Amen. Any day now, the Lord's gonna heal her. No, God's not gonna heal her. The healing's already been supplied and provided. Amen. What we're doing is we're we're getting over there in the realm of faith that will take what was already purchased and Supplied and provided by God already before the foundation of the world, and open up a door in this natural realm by faith to bring it to pass in the natural, to cause it to be made manifested in the natural. Now, I hope I'm not. Is, is everybody still with me? So, some people, some people are like, I ain't with you. You just, it's going on the app. Listen to it three times. <laughs> you, you'll start to capture it here in a minute. We've got to get together with God, church. We've got to, you know what? Instead of us believing the things that we see and the things that we feel and the things people tell us, we've got to begin to believe what God says about us. We've got to begin to believe what he says. We have to align with what God has done for us. Amen. Amen. Uh, Book of Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, uh, can two walk together, except they be agreed. That, that's a lot of the reason why we're not, we're not seeing God do all these things that we've been uh, believing him for uh, in ministry. And, and I, want, I just want to talk about uh, in ministry because you know what? God has called this generation to carry the fire of revival to the four corners of this earth. Are y'all hearing me today? You know what? The God, uh, there were, the, we, would get, we would get prophecies in the, in the 80s that, and of course, they lined up with Scripture. But one of the one of the prophecies that we uh, that I remember hearing um, not only not only did I give it, I think maybe the pr- first person I may have heard declare this was a lady by the name of Billy Brim. And Billy Brim, I'd never even heard of her. I thought it was a man. I was a teenager, and someone says, "Man, well, let's go hear Billy Brim." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait to hear him." They just laughed at me, you know. I I was uh, you know I I wasn't very. I wasn't very so I didn't know nothing. I didn't speak christianese. I didn't hang around christian people Uh, this was early in my walk with the lord Maybe a year after I got born again uh, Billy brim was coming to our church And so uh, they didn't tell me nothing They just wanted to see the look of shock on my face when billy brim walked in and it was a woman But billy brim had been on a 40-day fast I mean she had really put herself uh, out there and set herself uh, apart uh, To uh, seek the lord for those meetings and so I remember, I remember standing there, and we were in worship and praise. And as, we, as praise and worship was winding down, I had, my, I had my eyes closed and my hands up in the air. And all of a sudden, I became aware of God's presence on my right side. I remember my, my, the, the uh, outer part of my hand went numb and tingly. And then that numb and tingly, feel, have you ever, have you ever felt numb and tingly when the Holy Ghost came on you? That numb and tingly feeling just kind of started to move across my body. I was like, "Who?" And then you could almost hear like a crackle go across the crowd. Like a, like when you, uh, when, when you lay down uh, under a blanket that's been, uh, just got out, you just got it out of the dryer. One of them fuzzy blankets, you know, them kind of your grandma used to put on you and you get under there and that static, you can hear, it, you know, a crack and pop and whatever. It sounded like that happened all through the crowd. Well, when the power of God hit me like that, I opened up my eyes. You know what had happened? Billy Brim had walked in the room. I'd never experienced anything like that before or after. Billy Brim walked in the room and the fire of God came on me. Listen, I wasn't even thinking about that's not a man. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, how am I gonna get her to lay hands on me? Amen. Because yeah. the, the fire of God was on her. The fire of God was on. Her. Well, she she got up, she listened, she was thin. She was thin because she'd been on a 40-day fast. And so she said this. She said, she said, Lord's given me something to tell y'all. And one of the words that she gave was this: the last day generation is gonna be a demonstration generation. It's going to be a generation of people that see the miraculous manifested through their hands. God's going to raise up his people to do signs and wonders. And and then and then she tied it in with the scripture. It said, they that do know their God shall be mighty and do exploits. Amen. And so she tied it in. She said, she said generations have, have met God, but there have been very few people that have gotten to know God. And the generation that's coming is going to get to know God. And when they get to know their God, they're going to be mighty. And they're going to do miracles in the name of Jesus. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about knowing about God. I'm not talking about having a form of godliness and denying the power there. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about a people that will align themselves with God, that will align themselves with his word, that will refuse to accept anything less than what God said to them. Are you hearing me today? Listen, I know that there are challenges in this world, but God has given us a word. He's given us a whole book full of promises, amen, and they are yes, and they are amen, and they are for you, and they are for me. Listen, there's no reason why every single one of you shouldn't leave this place with a renewed fire and with a renewed zeal for God, with a fresh anointing upon your life to fulfill His purpose, amen. You know why? You were created for it, amen. God ain't trying to figure out whether to use you or not. It was settled before the foundations of the world. Glory to God. High five someone. Tell him he's talking about you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. How can we walk together if we don't agree? See, church, listen, you've got to find those areas in your life where they're, that are not agreeing with God. It goes back to that scripture that I read earlier in the offering. Consider your ways. See, some of you think that, that what's going to fix this is you going to some church and someone uh, getting out a little bottle of oil and make a little cross on your head and you falling out on the floor. Listen, I'm tired of people playing ring around the Rosie at church. We all fall down and, and people say, man, I got the fire. But you go outside and all they got was smoke. Am I know what I'm talking about. Everything that belongs to us that's of him is in him. Did you hear what I just, you, you need to write that statement down Because that's a prophetic word for you. Everything that belongs to us that's of him is in him. You're not going to find it anywhere else but in him. Some of you are just going to church and you're not going to God. You're not going to find it in church. You may have to go to church to get in Him. But if all you do is go to church and you don't get in Him, then what what He has for you will not be found. Because what He has for you can only be found in Him. It won't be found in some of you. I wish I had friends. I wish I had... You ain't going to find it in friends. I wish I could be happy. You know what? Here's the deal. If all you get is happiness, then you're not going to find it there. Because what he has for you is not going to be found in happiness. That's not to say that we as Christians shouldn't be happy. If you some of you know what I'm talking about there. Amen. <laughs> but we won't expound upon that today. <laughs> Everything that you need is in him. It's in his word. And we as believers have access to it by faith. Yeah. That's how we access the things of the kingdom is by faith. So I'm going I'm to help you with this, uh, uh, with faith. God, God saw before you were ever born, God saw every problem that you would ever face. And he came up with a solution for you to access in him by faith. God's already created a way. If, if, if you're broke, God's already created a path for you out of brokenness. If you're sick, God's already made a way out of sickness. Amen. If you're broken hearted, he's already made a way out. You say, how do you know, Brother Ziggy? Because the Bible says he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to preach deliverance to the captive. He came to bring recovery of sight to the blind. He came to set at liberty those that are bruised, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. That's what he was anointed for. So these are things that we can access by faith. Many, many times we start talking faith language and we don't understand this. And so I want you to write this down. Once something is manifested, faith is no longer needed. Once something is manifested, faith is no longer needed. So the the place where you're at necessitates faith because it has not yet been manifested. Now, you know what? Some of us, we want to hang out in the uh, warm, buzzy, numb, tingly uh, satisfaction of having seen some things manifested. But you know, the realm where God does miracles is not in the place where things are already manifested. It's the realm where faith is necessary. Amen. So faith is the assurance of what we don't see. Faith is the assurance Of what we don't see. In other words, faith works on that realm that in the natural is invisible to us. You know what? If we're walking in faith, I say this all the time. I'm going to say it again. There's a thin line between faith and crazy. There's a thin line between faith and crazy. And guess what? You got to learn how to walk that line. If you're really walking in faith, people will think you're nuts. I'm going to tell some stories here. And it's not going, you know what? The people that think you're nuts are not going to be the people that are only acquainted with you. People that are only only acquainted with you, they probably already thought you were nuts. (laughs) But you know who's going to really think you're nuts? Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle. The people that are the closest to you. And guess who's going to voice that, that, uh, guess who's going to voice that grievance the loudest? The ones that are closest to you. Many of them not realizing that the devil is trying to use them to rob you of the very thing that God created you for. Faith requires us to function by believing first. Before we ever see it manifested. Faith requires that you put your body under subjection to your spirit. Right. Amen. They're okay, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, there was a look and concern on some of you. I yeah. know oh, that's how they play. We teach them, we, t- we, we train them in battle at this church too. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> faith, faith will require you to have to put your, your mind, your will, your emotions, your body, your soul under subjection to your spirit. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a key of truth when it comes to faith. Because a lot of people don't know this. Faith can only begin where the will of God is known. Right. If you don't know what God's will is, you can't exercise faith. Right. If you're unaware of what God's will is, you can't exercise faith. Which is why you've got to know what he says. You've got to align yourself with him. Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 1, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, we'll start with verse 39. It says this. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him. What's he say to him? I will. Be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. See, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through trouble, when you're going through adversity and you say something along these lines, well, God's just trying to teach me something. (laughs) You ever heard anybody say that? You know, I got, I got a diagnosis, and the doctors say, you know, I got stage three cancer. You know, maybe the Lord's just trying to teach me something. You know, I, I went to work, and, uh, and they fired me, and I lost my job, and my house is uh, in foreclosure, and uh, they're, they're looking for my car to repossess it, uh, but maybe God's just trying to teach me something. Listen, there's no... There's no if, if you're talking that way, there is no faith present in you to bring you out of those circumstances. That's right. That's right. Because that's not faith. Those, those, those words are not words of faith. You've got to know that you and God are on the same side. God is not against you. He is for you. God didn't create you to fail. He created you to succeed. God didn't create you to grope around in the dark trying to figure out what you were gonna do with your life. God intended for you to walk in his light and in his life and fulfill his purpose. Yes. He intended you for you to be mighty and to do exploits. Amen. Amen. Um, I heard, I heard um, well, I, I want you to notice this first. The minute the leper got that word from God, the minute that leper heard from Jesus... The leper didn't know what the will of God was. But the moment he became aware of what the will of God was, and Jesus said, I will. If you, would you heal me? Could you heal me? Would you do it? He said, I will. The minute he knew what the will of God was, he had access. He, 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 at, that, at that moment, he had access to the, to the miracle working power of God. I, I heard Bill Winston say something that I thought was funny. You know, some people like, well, you know, but the devil was, you know, God was using the devil to try to, Bill Winston said this, he said, he said, um, he said, God's not trying to use the devil to teach you a lesson. He said, the devil is self-employed. God don't, God don't use that. I like that. God don't, God don't use the devil. God don't use the devil and the devil don't use God to do anything. They, they operate independently of one. You understand what I'm saying? They operate independently. They are not working together, church. They hadn't worked together for a long time. So you got to get it out of your head that God is using the devil uh, to teach you anything. God's not uh, trying to teach you anything through what you're going through. God wants you to understand what his will is so that you can align yourself with him so you can become, because when you know what his will is, then you have confidence that he hears you. And when you know that he's heard you because you've asked according to his will, you have whatever it is that you ask for. Amen. Because you know, glory. To, are y'all hearing me today? Amen. See, that's what that's what I'm trying to get across to you church. Yeah, and I know, listen, I know some of you are like, it's so hard. No, listen, it's not. You, you you have a book full of promises. Right. That's right. Faith faith in God's word, faith in what God says to you and about you, will connect you with God's potential. It'll connect you with miracle working power. That, that's how we access the miraculous. I know, I'm, am, I, am I giving too much? Uh, I, I feel like y'all are, I'm making y'all drink from a fire hose today. Luke, chap, Luke chapter five, run there real quick. I preached out of this verse of scripture a lot, but I want you to see it from a different perspective. And this is really the heart of what I, wanna, what I, what I feel like God wants me to tell you today. Luke chapter 5, um, starting with verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, talking about Jesus, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. And I want you to, you know what, uh, highlight that or underline that part of it. Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. From today forward, if you you want to break, if you want, how many of you want a breakthrough? If you want a breakthrough, I'm going to give you the key. Here it is. You have to begin to resist the temptation of allowing time to be the method by which you measure your faith. Amen. That, that's a word from God. Yeah. I'm gonna say it again so you can write so you can write it down. I see Anna. She's like, say it again. <laughs> we have to, we have to from today forward, we have to begin. To resist the temptation of allowing time to be the method by which we measure our faith. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? In other words, we don't have faith because it took too long. There's some other things there too, and we'll get into it here in a second. Time does not determine your faith. Faith determines your time. I'm just letting it settle in. Amen. Am, Am I going too fast? Time does not determine your faith. Faith determines your time. Faith will raise you above the laws and the restrictions of time. How many of you know that time is restrictive? Time time causes uh, pressure. (laughs) Time causes us to feel uh, the pressure of of performance, of making something happen. Faith will raise you above the influences that the laws of time and the restrictions that time calls upon a believer. Because faith connects us with God's potential, we can accomplish in one hour what may take another person an entire year to accomplish. Glory to God. Glory to God. All the circumstances that stand between you and the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life are time-related. Think about what stands between you and God's purpose being fulfilled. Every circumstance that stands between you and the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life, they're all time-related. They're all in the realm of time. And so, so far in life, we believe and we feel like we've had to be masters to, the, to time. Right. You know what? When I, have, when I have more time, I'll do that ministry. Right. Once I get these other things done, I'll go ahead and I'll do that. Right. Circumstances come up, you know, uh, uh, the economy. Well, I wonder how much time that's going to take for us to come out of. We have a job loss. Well, it's going to take some more time. We're looking at everything from the perspective of time. And God by... Are you all 'all hearing anything? God is trying to raise you up above the influence of that to believe in what he's already done. Listen, the the resources of God aren't going to be accessed in any other way but by faith. And faith is... a Listen... Time is a very poor indicator right. about where you're at in your faith. Yeah. Time is a very poor indicator of when God wants to bring these things to, and, and how He wants to bring these things to pass. So uh, let's let's go to Second Kings. I'm gonna read you a couple of a uh, couple of stories here um, out of the chapter, fourth chapter of the book of Second Kings. I'm going to do it quick too. I'm going to run, 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 run. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching here and I know I'm, I'm taking some time and um, is this helping anybody yet? Yeah. So let's, let's read Second uh, Kings chapter 4 verse 1. Now there was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of prophets uh, unto Elijah saying, thy servant, my husband is dead and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon, what does it say? upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Next verse. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Next verse. And it came to pass when the vessels were full That she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There's not a vessel, uh, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the the rest. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed uh, to Shuman, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that, as oft as, as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto him, and she said unto her husband, "Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God uh, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Boy, I love those words. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. and and uh, And he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the hosts? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then? Uh, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. (laughs) And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman uh, conceived and bared a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. So in both of these stories uh, about these women... We see that there are circumstances that these women faced that were time-related. The circumstance of the first woman was uh, the debt had come due. It was time to pay up. She had run out of time. And so something had to happen. Amen. So what happened? What, What was the turnaround in that situation? The word of the Lord came. She became aware of what the will of God was guess what it wasn't the will of God for her husband to be turned over to the bondman it wasn't, it wasn't God's will for, have to, for her to have to turn over her sons and to endure hardship God had already made a plan for her to deliver her from that hardship to supply everything that she had need of according to his riches in glory amen how about the second woman it was, uh, it was time related as well She had no children, and her husband was old. You know, that was probably an important part of the story. If Gehazi looked at the man and said he was old, he was probably trying to convey a message to the prophet. Uh, She don't have any kids, and that dude is old. I don't think he has what it takes no more to give her, you understand what I'm saying? To give her a child. (laughs) Amen. So probably he's beyond his time. So what turned that around? The will of the Lord was, amen. How many of you know that woman wouldn't have got pregnant if it hadn't been the will of God? How many of you know that those two sons of that woman would have been turned over to the debtor if it hadn't been the will of God to deliver that woman out of her? Because you're not, listen, look, look at me and listen to what I'm about to do. You're not about to get God to do something for you. When you're asking outside of his will. Now you say, but, but didn't Israel pray outside of the will of God and get us all? Yeah, but you know what God did before he gave them a all? He told them, don't do that. Right. See, when you, when you press into God, when you begin to tap into God by faith, and you begin to stand with him, he begins to reveal to you what his will and what his plan and what his design is for your life. He, he'll reveal it to you. Now listen, when you're, when you're outside, when you're outside of his presence, when you're away from standing in alignment with him, when you don't understand what his word says or when you're not aware of what his word says, yeah, you're going to, try, you're going to wonder. That's why we have to trust uh, the word of God. That's why we have to exercise our faith in his word. That's why we have to be, That's why we have to be careful to do what the Bible says in the book of Joshua 1.8, it says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Amen. 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 Let, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about when it comes to fulfilling your purpose. I told you all earlier that God, he called me at a young age to, uh, to the ministry. I got born again at the age of 15. At the age of 15, I began to seek the Lord with all of my heart. I, all, I did, all I did for the first three or four months after I got born again is literally was pray and read the Bible. I had to go to school, so I went to school. But even in school, every moment that I could, I would, I would be in the word of God. Digging into the scripture to find out what his word said about me. I didn't understand the love that he had. Listen, I didn't understand a lot of stuff back then. I still don't understand uh, some things. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're in the process. Amen. But I sought the face of God. And, you know, the Bible says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Do you know why? You know why that is? Here's why. Because everyone that asks receives. That's what it says. And everyone that seeks finds. And everyone that knocks, the door is open to them. Amen. What a great promise. It doesn't say everyone that acts good. Everyone that does everything right. It's not what it says. It says if you ask, you can qualify, you can qualify for the blessing of God uh, easier than qualifying for a credit card. amen. Thank God. Some of you are like, thank God, amen. <laughs> but when God, when God called me to the ministry, um, it was about three months after I got born again. I'd been praying. I was in my room and the spirit of God fell in my room and uh, my ceiling turned into a giant television screen. And I saw a vision of me ministering, preaching the gospel, ministering to people. And in that vision, the Lord told me, I've called you to be an evangelist. I've called you to demonstrate my power to your generation. He said, go and teach my people how to do the works that Jesus did. I'm going to use you to spread the fire of revival all across this nation. Those are the things that God said to me in that vision. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In the natural, there was nothing in the natural that I could look to that gave me any evidence that that was God's call for my life. Number one, I was, a teen, I was a teenager. I was 15 years old. How in the world am I going to do this as a 15-year-old in school, living at home with my, with my uh, well, at that time, I was living with my grandparents, Puerto Rican grandparents. This is my Puerto Rican grandmother wouldn't even let me talk on the phone. She barely, she barely wanted me to go to church. I'd go to church, and if I got home after nine o'clock, she, she's like, that wasn't no church service. The devil was up in that. My grandma, we were praying. She's like, hmm. after nine o'clock, you was praying to the devil. You know, that was, that was her mentality. If you stayed out beyond a certain time, you know, it was evil. It didn't matter what you were doing. <laughs> she thought you were into mischief. Makes me wonder how, how terrible she was as a teenager. You understand what i say? saying? Because it's only people that were terrible as kids that, that have that kind of idea. You, you understand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all are like, man, don't tell my kids. that's what that's the the most suspicious people are those people that have done terrible things and so anyhow i uh i became aware of the fact that god had called me at that time but there wasn't a lot in fact I've, i've told you i've told many of you this story After the Lord called me to be an evangelist, I got on the phone with my pastor. I, I immediately called him after I had the vision. I said, "Pastor, what is an evangelist?" You know what his response was? Something that you're not. The very first person I talked to wouldn't agree with what God said. Circumstances, and you know, you know why he said, you know why he said everything he said to me about why I wouldn't be an evangelist had to do with time he says you're you're not mature enough you don't know enough you haven't lived long enough maybe when you're 40 50 years old and you've gone to bible school then maybe you could be a preacher he said but there's no way you could be a he said you might as well get it out of your head you don't have what it takes you don't have what it takes. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I didn't, I didn't believe God because I was smart. I believed God because I was crazy. I thought, well, you know what? Um, I, I, I went to church here before I got saved, and that man, he couldn't do nothing to help me. It wasn't until I met Jesus that something happened. It wasn't until Jesus stepped down that I I underwent a life change. So I can either believe a guy that didn't have the power within himself to help me, or I can believe the one who set me free. So I believed God. Amen. God had made his will and his purpose known unto me. Amen. Do you know what? What What I didn't realize was this, that God wasn't confined to time. That God didn't have to, listen to this. <laughs> God didn't have to say, you know, I've, I've been to churches, and uh, um, oh man, I hope I don't step on anybody's toes too hard here today, but I've been to churches where there are pastors, where there are preachers that will tell people this they'll say well you know uh we've we've started something around here where we're we're having people intern and come and train in our church you know for 3 years because you know those disciples they trained with Jesus for 3 years and that's the model of Jesus's ministry is that the disciples they came and they trained with Jesus for 3 years and after training with Jesus for 3 years and him mentoring them then they were sent out to do the work of the ministry uh that's a lie that's, a, that's not how that happened. That's not how that happened. Jesus didn't go uh, to Peter and say, uh, you know, come and, and travel with me, you know, for uh, three years. And after three years, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. No, he just said, you follow after me, I'll make you a fisher of men. And if you read the Gospels right, you know good and well that uh, those disciples were doing the work of the ministry way before Jesus after left Listen, they were green and wet behind the ears when Jesus sent them out to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead, to cleanse the leper. I mean, these guys were just, these guys hadn't even been to Bible school. And he's telling them this, freely you've received, freely give. He wasn't dead yet, but he made his will known unto them. Are you all hearing this today? Now, you know, I know some of you all listen to my testimony, you listen to my story and you say, you know, man, pastor, you know, he, he, was, he is uh, 15 and went into the ministry at 16. You know, you know how that happened? That didn't happen because uh, people were excited about my ministry, because people were uh, just uh, uh, chomping at the bit to give me an opportunity to preach. Everywhere I turned, people were telling me why I couldn't be in the ministry. How I was too young to be in the ministry. How I didn't know enough to be. You know they were telling me? You need to sit under this person for, you know, a period of time. You know, they know something. You can glean something from their ministry. I'd look at those folks' ministry. Yes, two, day, two, two or three weeks after I got born again, I was ministering healing to sick people. Right. Some of these people, I wasn't even sure they'd ever been to a hospital to minister to anybody who was sick. And they were telling me to go sit under their ministry. I wasn't seeing any evidence of the manifestation of the Spirit of God in their lives. They're like, you need to go sit under them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know the best thing I did, Carrie. The best thing I did was just go. To believe what God said about His will for my life and Go. Did I know everyth- Listen, did I know everything there was to know about ministry? No, I, I, I knew nothing. Was I ready to go into the ministry according to man? Absolutely not. Had I spent enough time in the word of God? Heck no. But that isn't what we're supposed to... Re- Amen. 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 Do you know where God lives? God lives in the realm where miracles happen. Amen. God doesn't live in time. God doesn't live in time. God is not uh, under the constraints and under the bondage of time. God lives in the realm of faith. Faith is the realm of the miraculous. Listen, if you're, if you're, going, to, if you're going to stand with God, then you're going to have to get into that realm of, amen. But do you know, do you know, what, do you know what's in that realm? Impossibilities. That's what drives some of you out. You start seeking after God and seeking after his will, and all of a sudden, you're faced with a mountain, a circumstance, and you're given a choice. Are you going to deal with this in the realm of time, or are you going to deal with this in the realm of faith? If you deal with it in the realm of time, you're going to be robbed of God's will and God's plan and God's design for you. Do you know what? If I had gone the way of time, I'm telling you right now, we wouldn't be be here pastoring this church right now. We'd probably be in some dead old dry assembly of God church, dead, twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Talking about, we'd have a bunch of corpses in the chairs and talk about, oh, look how alive they are. Just because we put some lipstick on them. Just because we, we put some perfume on them. And every now and again, we'd shove on them and look, ooh, look how alive they are. You know, it's like those people you see sometimes on Facebook. They make like they caught a fish and, and you know the thing is dead, so they're flopping it around, you know. <laughs> Moving the tail. They're all like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and, we got, and we got preachers saying that about, amen. Listen, that might that might have been, been me. In fact, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you right now, had I believed what men said, I'd have gone to some. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. I'd have been a part of some abomination, I mean, denomination. I'd have got my learning at the cemetery. I mean the seminary. But you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't learn, but it wasn't the learning that brought success to, to the ministry. It was believing what the will of God was for my life and going. Do you know what holds some of you back? Is that you're still, you're still in the confines of your pew because you refuse to believe what God said about you. You refuse to get out there and throw yourself 100% in to what he has declared over you and over your life, of what his will is for you. Some of you still waiting for someone else to open up a door. When God, I mean, how much more does a door have to be open? If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. But you'll never realize it till you get out. Now you you say, well, what if if that wasn't the Lord? You'll find out real quick. Because you know what? I would have found out real quick. Um, I'm three months in, and three months in, it's becoming apparent to me that what I heard was God. Because when I went to the hospital and laid hands on a woman with gallstones, she was healed. And I didn't know come here from Sikkim when it came to the things of God. I went to school, and, I, and, and uh, in the lunchroom, I'd gather a crowd by taking stacks of cookies and shoving them in my mouth, and people would take bets of how many I could get in there. I, I, hey, and I enjoyed the cookies. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, suckers, you know? I mean, I'm like, you know they're giving me their cookies. I'm like, boy, this is, this is easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel here. I mean, I got all the cookies, and then I got to preach to them. See, I didn't know that was a precursor of things to come. That I'd go to church and, and preach to people and they'd feed me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but that was, that was how I drew a crowd. I'd get those kids at tables and I'd preach the gospel to them right there in school. You know what? Was it, was it popular? Absolutely not. I mean, I was known by everybody, but what I was doing wasn't, um, I don't think people thought it was cool. I endured persecution. I went through suffering in the natural. People, and and when I say that, I'm saying that I don't mean that I was. um, I don't mean that I was down in the mouth. I mean that people meant harm to harm my my faith, to harm my resolve. They they were looking to stifle my enthusiasm, to keep me from believing that God would do. You know what? The devil will work. He'll work overtime to try to kill your enthusiasm, to try to get you away from what God said. He will try every trick in the book to try to get you off of what God said. He'll use anyone he can to try to get you off the path. I've seen, I've seen wives used against husbands and husbands against wives. I've seen parents used against children and children against parents. I've seen brother used against sister. I've seen pastors against parishioners and parishioners against pastors. We all, we all seem to fall into that trap of the enemy that's trying to get. And all, you know, all, that's, all that's happening is this, is that we're all being kept out of what God said belongs to us. We're not becoming what he created us to be. Well, I, I bucked the trend. Man, I started closing my ears to anyone that was negative. I couldn't believe in anything anyone said that was negative. When they said, you'll never go into the ministry, I'm like, any minute now. Any minute now, glory to God. If you're saying I can't, then any minute now, Scott, because, because what you're saying is opposite of what I know. See, this was settled before the foundations of the earth. See, what you're saying, you're saying according to circumstance and according to time. But what I'm saying is according to his plan and according to his purpose and according to his will. And he's never failed. Amen. He's never failed, not one time. Everything he set out to do, he got it done. When he said it, he got it. Are y'all hearing me today? He will watch over his word to perform it. Amen. He will not, not one word will return void. Everything that he said will accomplish what he set it out to do. Listen, you've got to quit looking at time to determine where and uh, whether your faith is working. And you've got to believe that faith works. I kept on. I just kept on. Praise God. Teacher, my, I had a, I'm going to quit because I've got more, but we're, amen. I had, I, had, I had a counselor at my school in Ohio. The dude got angry with me. Somehow or another, I got the wrong. We were, we were supposed to enroll for the next year, and so I got an enrollment paper, but somehow or another, I got the one for special needs kids. I don't know, maybe someone was maybe someone was trying to harass me or something. But I got, I got, and back back in Ohio they call special ed. Yeah. Special education, is that what they still call it? Special ed. I, I got the special ed schedule. And I'm looking and man, I'm looking at these classes, I'm like, man, these are some good classes. Yeah. <laughs> Accounting, you know, checkbook, you know, maintenance and stuff. I'm like, man. Wow! I'm gonna give me some classes now. Boy, I started, like home ec. I'm I mean, I'm marking stuff. they're like this is a class where you be having food and everything. So I'm marking I'm marking all these good classes. Talisha have no idea I'm on the special ed deal. So I have a meeting with my counselor. <laughs> Eli, that haircut make him look a little bit like Mushmouth from uh, Pat Albert. But that's all right. You look good. Look, look at him. Look at him trying to be. (laughs) No, Eli, I'm just playing, buddy. I love you. (laughs) Uh, I love that hair. I wish I had hair. (laughs) So anyhow, I, uh, I, I sit down with my counselor, and he's like, uh, he said, "You, you filled out the wrong <laughs> enrollment sheet." I said, "Well, it's the one they gave to me." He said, "You idiot!" That's exactly how he said. He said, "You idiot!" He said, "You probably need to be in these classes for as dumb as you are for filling this out." I wondered why he was being so ugly toward me, and I was like, "Dude, what are you talking?" He said, "That's a special ed. That's a special ed enrollment form." I said, well, didn't nobody tell me. He says, well, I'm telling you now. He said, you need to go fill out the right form. He says, or do you, and and then then we figured it out. He says, or do you have to pray about what class you're going to take? I was like, oh, so that's what this is about. I said, as a matter of fact, I said, you know, I kind of prayed about them. I, I thought that was right. I mean, it was looking good to me. You know what I'm saying? I said, but yeah, I reckon I will pray about it. And he's like, you know, you're going to, and man, he got ugly with me. I mean, he was in my face. And so I just started praying in tongues. I was like, oh, listen, he got real violent then. And I'm just a teenager. I don't know nothing. And there's another teacher that came, that was in there uh, helping other kids, came over and dragged him off of me, dragged him out of the room. He was, he was still yelling at me in the hallway. That's how violent he was toward me. The enemy trying to get me to skip out on what God was saying to me. Are y'all hearing me today? You know what? What God told me didn't go with what my dad thought. My dad thought I ought to go to school. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) My dad thought I ought to finish high school and that I ought to go to college and that I shouldn't go into the ministry. But. In the in the in, I think I was in the tenth grade. I can't remember if I ever made it. But anyway, <laughs> but in the tenth grade, I had a, and I'm almost done. Am I almost done? I'm almost. Close your Bible, so I know I'm finished. I already turned my iPad. Here, take my iPad, so I don't try to open it up again. <clears throat> <laughs> My dad had given me a brand new uh, Firebird Trans Am. Brand spanking new, new body style, the old Bazaar, 1983 Firebird Trans Am. Threw me the keys, drove it back and forth to school. Listen, you know, nobody ever wanted to ride with me until I got a 1983 brand spanking new Pontiac uh, Trans Am Firebird. Had had the uh, flaming chicken on it. One of my counselors said, Zig, you need to quit school. One of the very few people that encouraged me. She said, and, that's a, and that was the encouragement, you need to get out of here. Because God has called you and there's nothing more that we can give you in this school to help you to fulfill what God's called you to do. She said, I know it. We all know it. God's called you to preach. You need to get out of here. I was like, do they know you're telling me this? She's like, no, but I don't care. Finally, she, she, the, 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 they got the superintendent in the, of the school in there. They got my uh, principal in there, and they called me in, and they all started telling me. Well, the superintendent was mad because I had pastors that were calling the school trying to schedule meetings with me, and so the superintendent was like, these are not your secretaries. We don't pay them to do your office work. I was like, I didn't tell nobody to call me here. Pastors would come and they'd check in to have lunch with me so we could talk about revival. I'm booking meetings in the lunchroom. Sitting with a pastor at a lunch table. I'm, six, I'm 16 years old. The counselor said, the counselor said he said, you need to get out of here. God's called you to do something that goes way beyond what you, you could learn here. My principal said, as much as I don't want to tell you that, Zig, I think it's right. I think you need to get out of here. That superintendent said, as long as they don't call here no more, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, I had to, I had to I didn't really pray about that. So I left, and I didn't withdraw right away because I, I didn't like school. It was too close to my flesh. On the inside, I was like, that's a good idea. But I didn't know whether that was the Holy Spirit. Till I went to class and the Spirit of God came on me. It wasn't even intentionally, it was accidentally. I went to sing an amazing grace because a bunch of people were idiots. The Spirit of God fell in the classroom that day. The Spirit of God fell so strong that day that years later I went to Mardell and someone that was sitting in that classroom that day saw me and broke down in tears, told me, wait right here. And then they came back to tell me the story, tears in their eyes. It was like eight years later. Nine years later, tears in their eyes said, you don't remember me, but I was in that class when you sang Amazing Grace. Spirit of God came on me. I was convicted. I went to church the very next Sunday. Gave my heart to the Lord. I came back to tell you Monday, and I never saw you again because I'd, I'd withdrawn from school. He said, and I prayed. He said, I said, Lord, if there's ever an opportunity for me to tell him thank you, bring Ziggy across my path. He said, and here you are. He grabbed me. and I mean, right there in the Martet was with me. Grab me right there in the Mardell. Big old bear hug. Thank you. Left. I mean, he's leaving snot and <laughs> slobber all over my shirt, everything. <laughs> so I, was, I knew when the Lord told me to get out, I knew. So I went. You know what? I didn't call my dad. Well, now, <laughs> Eli, don't get any ideas, brother. Amen. I didn't call my, <laughs> look at him. He's like, no, oh, you don't call me mush mouth. I ain't, I ain't talking to you, pastor. <laughs> I ain't talking to you pastor. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, (laughs) you know. Remember when everybody was doing them Facebook pictures and the cartoon character version of themselves? I I made like I made one. (laughs) It came up on my memories the other day. I should have shared it. Had a little picture of me, my real self in the corner, and I just put a picture of myself in a picture with Fat Albert. (laughs) Uh, I was like, look what it came up with for me. Hey, hey, hey. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> I didn't call my dad. I, I checked, I, I withdrew from school. And I went into the ministry. Well, you know what? You know what? Uh, no, more, no more car, no more Firebird. I mean, all of a sudden, privileges are yanked. Now all of a sudden, I've, I'm not in the good grace. It reminds me of, reminds me of the story of Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah rolls into that field and throws his mantle on Elisha and says, follow me. You know, he doesn't even say it. He just throws it on him. He knows by the spirit he's supposed to follow him. And Elisha runs after him and says, wait, let me me get things straight with my mom and dad first. Then I'll follow you. That's not how it works. We've got to obey God. As a pastor, it it makes me nervous when some of y'all get real radical. You start telling me. Things like, I'm going to buy property. My, you know, I, I don't have any money, but I'm about to buy me a bunch of property. That makes me nervous in the natural. Be are like, what are you getting yourself into? Well, the Lord said, well, you're going to find out. But better you find out than sit on it and not do nothing with it. Better you find out, better you go and find out than sitting around twiddling your thumbs while life is passing you by. And you never fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, here's the results. I've been, in, I've been in the ministry 38 years. 38 years casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. Picking on children. Slapping kids in the back of the head. <laughs> Read that in the book. of. Finish reading in the book of Luke where we started, chapter 5. Finish reading that. What, what happened after Peter was obedient to Jesus? You know, Peter was stuck in time. Jesus, that we toiled. He was stuck in time. We toiled all night. But once he got a word from Jesus, he said, nevertheless, at thy word. What was the result of him being obedient? Well, they had a net-breaking boat sinking load of fish. Not only, not only did it break their nets and, and try to sink their boat, but the Bible says that other people came and tried to help them, and it almost sank their boats. Right. <laughs> See, when you get out there and you do what God said, he will send you a net-breaking, boat-sinking load. Now, let let me ask you a question. Think about this. That catch, just think about that catch. How long would it have taken them in time to catch that many fish? Weeks, months, maybe a year, and it happened all in a moment because of their willingness. Because of because of their willingness to obey what Jesus said. Notice, notice that Jesus. You know, Jesus. He wasn't moved by. He wasn't moved by circumstances. He wasn't moved by. He wasn't like, "What time is it? Where's the sun? Um, what's the barometric pressure?" You know, that's how. That's what fishermen think about. Uh, what color have they been biting on? What's the pH of the of the water? Where'd y'all catch them last? <laughs> who caught today and who didn't? If you did, where were they at? What were they doing? How are they? Are they staging? Are they, you know, what are they doing here? You know, Jesus didn't consider, you know, Jesus didn't ask around. He wasn't like, hey, what are they doing? No, Jesus didn't consider the time of day. He didn't consider the water temp. He didn't consider the barometric pressure. He didn't consider the moon phase. He didn't consider the water's pH. He didn't even consider what other professional fishermen's. In fact, he he ignored what Peter said, that I toiled all night and caught nothing. It didn't matter what circumstances said. It didn't matter what time said. God, God doesn't listen to time. God doesn't listen to circumstance. God don't care. When you look at God and you say, but God, look what I'm facing. God's like, I don't care about that. Because God isn't held back by that. God transcends that and gets above that and takes you above that and takes you beyond the influence and beyond the reach of those kinds of... The enemy wants you to be bound in time. And God wants you over there in the realm of faith, believing Him, trusting Him, stepping out, amen, and and doing His will. Glory, Glory. That, that woman with the oil, what was the, listen, she, she had nothing but a pot of oil. And after she was obedient to the will of God for her life, how much oil you reckon she got? How long you think it would have taken for her to accumulate that in time? See, some of you are trying to figure out how you're coming out of debt. And, you, and, you, and you, you're doing it the Dave Ramsey way. Come on, Jesus. Listen, I appreciate Dave Ramsey, but I'm going to tell you something. There's someone greater than... Well, praise the Lord. All right. I can tell y'all are finished. Praise God. There are all kinds of stuff that we can have access to and see immediate results if we just bother to find out what his will we stand up all over the place if we just bother to find out what his will what his plan is well some of y'all know some of y'all know his will some of y'all know his plan it's time to step out it's time to step out there on his will on his plan glory to God amen thank God thank God glory 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 amen thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Listen, if you're if you're here today, and number one, if you're here and you're not serving the Lord with all of your heart, today you need to surrender your heart to the Lordship of Jesus. You need to give yourself over to Him. Kele se prebita Borra sapana. Forget about what the world says. Forget about what the devil says. You know what? Some of of us, the words of our grandparents mean more to us than the word of God. And as much as I love my grandmother, my grandfather, you know what? I can't go by what they say. I can't go by what they think. I've got to go by what the will of God is for my life. My future isn't in my grandparents and my mother, and my father. My future is in Him. The world, the world, be trying to tell us how to spend our money, telling us things that. Can I, can I just tell some? Tyler and Ayla, they're they're getting ready to you know buy a house. And already they, you know, they have given more. I, I was looking over uh, giving records and I'm going to tell you right now, there's some of y'all, I am beaming with pride at what you all have done in your tithing and your offering giving. I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you are, and I know some of you are like, you mean you look at that pastor? Well, I don't typically, but I did today. I had some time. Not much, but I had some time. And when I was when I was looking at Tyler Naylor, I'm going to tell you right now, I know the devil told them they couldn't do that can't do that they're, they're give there they are giving on a level that doesn't match their income they're they're, they're like beyond ten they're way beyond ten percent way beyond all the while Ayla planning on having a baby and now is with child as they as they say <laughs> Like they say in the Bible, she is with child, so she's pregnant. She' gonna, She's gonna have a baby. Right. It's coming. There's. That's it. There's no changing it now. I mean, but you know what? You know what? Circumstances will do. Circumstances will bring up things that have to do with time, right. and try to f- discourage you. Right. Well, you know, April's coming awfully quick and you got to have this and you got to have that and this is how much it's going to cost and this and that but you know what you didn't have a baby because it was your will in fact if you willed it to happen and you couldn't make it happen according to your will but when you finally got a word from God and God said oh you're just trying huh How about you quit trying and you just go ahead and do it? And you're like, okay, Lord, amen. We're having a baby. We're not trying to have a baby. We are having a baby. Because that was the word of the Lord. That's right. Two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's from watching with him. Anyhow, (laughs) one too many SpongeBob episodes. (laughs) Two weeks later. I'm getting a text with a pregnancy, picture of a pregnancy test. Awakened, by the way, at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> I'm just trying to focus. I'm like, man, someone sent me a picture of something. I hope something, I'm hoping, I was hoping it wasn't a car because it looked awfully flat. And I was like, oh, man, somebody. And then when it finally registered, oh, this is a pregnancy test. And And then I see it's from Tyler. And I'm like, oh. Then we get a phone call. The funny part was Pastor Annie. Pastor Annie, Pastor Annie, take her 30 minutes to wake up. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I have never seen anything like that. I wake up and I am up. It take her 30 minutes. You can be talking to her, looking her dead in the eye, and she'll be saying stuff back. She is not awake. 30 minutes, at least 30, minimum 30 minutes. So I, I, I wake her up. Oh, listen. I was taking my life into my own hands. I'm, I did that for you, Tyler. I mean, it was my life passed before my eyes, before I even shook her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, baby. She's like, uh, uh, why? And I held I, I I, I up that picture. I said, look at there. She's like, what is that? I said, look at it, baby. Look at it. She goes, what (laughs) three hours later no 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 no. this is what this is why it was so cool because i would never seen anything like that she looked at i said i said it's a pregnancy test i said look look at she said who is it and tyler starts talking because he's on the phone he says yeah it's it's it's, it's me, nah, 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 nah. And, she, and she is still in a stupor. She's like, uh, who is that? I was just glad she wasn't cussing, but amen. No, no, no. I was just like, she, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. She might flip you off, but she wouldn't cuss. She would no No, no. No she, no, she would She would do that. So she... Let's get back in the spirit. So Tyler says, "Hey, Thea, man, when she heard his voice, her eyes got as big as manhole cover. She—it was like <laughs> It's it like she didn't even, she didn't even, uh, st- she didn't even stand up. It's like her body levitated <laughs> out of the bed. I mean, she was like, ah! Boy, she was awake. I'm like, somebody, need- Tyler and Nayla need to have kids like every every day." But see, that that didn't that didn't work because you willed it. Right. That worked because it was his will. Right. That's right. You know, the Lord told him, get a house. You know what the world is saying? Well, oh, you're going to pay, you're going to pay, you're going to pay. But you know what God says? I supply everything that you have need of according to my riches in glory. Amen. 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 See, the, the devil be like, ooh, look at interest rates. Look at interest rate, And you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get them out of the realm of faith and into the realm of time. Right. That's right. But here's the thing. All things are going to work together for your good. Amen. That, that, means, that means this, that even if the whole world got to pay a higher interest rate, you're not. Because this isn't according to your will. This is according to are y'all hearing this today man i i i i know it's 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 friday y'all have worked all week it's late so maybe you can't get as, as enthusiastic as i want you to be but we we've got we've got to get more we've got to get more uh exuberant about the things that we've heard god say to us that I, i'm just setting the i'm just setting the groundwork for for what is about to come. Some of you are about to get a greater revelation of God's purpose and God's plan for your life than you've ever had before. Some of you, God's going to speak houses to you and you're going to get a house. Some of you, he's going to speak cars and you're going to get cars. Some of you, he's going to speak to your business. You know what some people say? Some people say, well, it's going to take a few years to rebuild your credit. Listen, God don't work in time. God works in the area of the miraculous. Amen. God will take what would normally take a year and he'll do it in a day. Oh, you're gonna hear it take you too long to get it'll take you forever to go into the ministry yeah until God says it and then when God says it amen when God see once God says it it's already settled it was already. if God told you you know when it happened if God told you you know when it happened it happened at the foundations of the earth it's already done all you got to do is work it out amen all you got to do is get in there and get it done praise God that's what that's what I want to say establish here starting out these meetings this is our word we're taking it to the next level in the name of Jesus tell someone we're about to take it to the next level I don't care devil can talk all kind of noise if he wants to I'm not having it amen I'm not listening to it glory to God I'm going to believe what God said I'm going to believe what God said you know, one, at one time, the, the devil was telling Michael Salazar he couldn't have no plane. You know, that's what's powerful about this, is that once you get over there and you realize that God will give you something that everyone else believes is impossible, when he will do for you what he said he would do, and it's impossible, and everybody else... Do you know how many, you know how many people looked at him and laughed? Do you know how many people looked at him and said, man, you need to Come down. Because that's how people are. You need to come down. Who do you think you are? And that's the way it'll always be. You, you know what? You know what keeps Michael out of the out of the million flow? It's not it's not his uh, ability or lack thereof. Because it's not his potential that's going to get him there. God wants him to function way above his potential. Michael's not going to get in the million flow because he's a good salesman. Listen, if he limits himself to that, he's limiting himself to circumstances. Then he starts limiting himself to time and to knowledge and to understanding and to wisdom. But when he leans into the spirit, see, I had a dream that Michael had was holding a, a, uh, was maybe two or three contracts in his hand. It, was, it wasn't many, two, maybe three. And I may be telling too much, but I, I want to tell this because I think that these are the things that we have to do to help us. But he's holding two or three, and he, and he looked at me and he said, this $200 million worth of contracts, 200 million. I said, 200 million? He said, yep, $200 million. I sold $200 million of, of deals. I said, and I don't, I don't know nothing. I'm not, I'm not in the roofing business. I'm not in the construction business. I don't even know what that means to someone what that would mean to someone like Michael. I know there are costs involved. I know there are, you know, expenditures and things like that that you have to put in uh, to that dollar amount. So I looked at him in the dream and I said, well, is that a, is that a lot? Boy, he, that's exactly what he did in the dream. He laughed, lit up, and he says, "Yes, yeah, it's a lot. He says, yes, it's a lot. He said, I'm in the million flow. You know what? I shouted with him. You know what? The million, Michael ain't going to the million flow because of his intelligence or his learning or uh, uh, the Salazar name. or right? It's none of that. Thank God for all of that, but it ain't none of that that's going to do it. You know why it's going to do it? Because it's the will. Because God ordained it and established it at the foundation of the earth. God created him to carry wealth, to be a distributor of wealth, to do his will with money. And God's going to give it to him because that's what God said. Just like he give you an airplane because he said it. You know what? Now, now, l- let me just take the airplane as an example. Now that you've had an airplane, now it's nothing in your mind to say. Now, now it's not even a, a battle. Now it's not even a struggle. Now you're like, time to move on up. Closing next week on a new airplane. Bigger, better, faster, more expensive. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? See, there are many of you here. God's giving you dreams, dream. Nikita, God's giving you a dream. And the devil constantly trying to tell you you ain't going to achieve it. Constantly. I'm giving you this word because this is our time. It's our season other people have had their season some people have had their season and their season has come and it is gone and some of us have celebrated them and we have praised God with them and we have worshiped with those others that have inherited their blessing but guess what the will is being read and your name is being read out of that will and some of you are about to come now listen your name is red God tells you what's yours but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to own it you're gonna have to jump out there in faith that's what faith is faith faith is not what you see in the natural faith is what you see and call done by the spirit faith assures you It's finished before the foundations of the earth. Praise God. Now, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for what you're saying to us. My prayer, Lord, today is that not only... Listen, some of you right now, the Spirit of God, Spirit of God is is working on you and in you. You sense the Holy Ghost right now. Because God's trying to release something to you. I want you to get out of your chair. If you sense the presence of God working on you right now, if you sense the Holy God, get out of your chair. Come stand up here right now. Come quick. I need helpers. Come stand. I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. I'm, I don't know about anybody else this week, but every chance I get, I'm going to lay my hands on you and pray. And I'm going to turn loose of what the Spirit of God. Oh, she Boros masia. Do rochitara barra sepe de bed a decia cachabone. Ha ha. Shereboro sobonga le jere soboya. Fire. Cole sacalagalicere bedesia. Alamante barra sobonga le cere drieta, Harasoboro taradrieta. Fire in the namasiciche. In the name Tanamoro soboya of Jesus. In the name. Tana mara sobonga le chedrieta from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Beleasia never the same. Never the same. Never the same in the Namosa in the name of Jesus. Kele sobora Dana Machede Barra Soporoma Dangele Gia. Tara sobongele driete. Harabosaya. Now in the name of Jesus. Halasokro, socro marajomrera barra soboya. Ho resoba gala gala jaraman the mansaqueda barasoborobosa watch watcher halasa borosa balangle manexa harokta now ho sabara joya nana manse ho Menje karadusa menje, nana fire and the somona now in the massioko robosa in the mosakele gele gide mare yes lord yes lord yes to you lord yes to your will yes to your ways now in the name of jesus now in the name of jesus the fire of the holy ghost now for the glory of god i thank you lord for your glory in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. Yes, Lord. Now, now, Yes, Lord. now, 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 Now in the name of Jesus. I declare release. For the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. For the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for it Lord. You will watch over your word to perform it. You will do exactly what you said you would do. Not one word will drop to the ground without it being fulfilled in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Lord, Now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for Brandon. I thank you, Lord, for what you're releasing to him. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, God, for your glory and for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing. for the Maradodetse se patea, morododonga marasobonde de mahara, balabala sekeche bengeleche, anamasiba ropoto robo roboto, masiba roboka, mana sapaya, oro sobonga lechea, arabo jere dere choroboya, mene corre sa pala para sefa. ha ha ha, sheredoro so create come on let's lift our hands and shout unto God thank you, Lord. Thank, you, Lord. thank you Lord 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 now faith faith have faith has a certain action and Colesepeda. Now, in the name of Jesus, Shana Mara Sobo Robo Doyo, Alus Koresepana Mafreda the Fire, Oloko Sipara of the Holy Ghost, Lebru Sebengelechea, Ana Masa. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Zegechere bara dea Detea, Moro Sombengele Jedriyataba, Haro Soba Rotoro Melexekere Drieche. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the release uh, in the spirit of these things, God, that you are declaring unto us. We thank you, Father, and we receive them today, Lord. And we declare we're not walking out of here the way that we walked in. We thank you, Lord, that as we leave this building today, we leave here with a greater measure of assurance, with a greater measure of certainty. With a greater measure, the Lord says, that many of you leaving out of here today with a new zeal and a new fire. He said a fire that can not be stopped. He said a fire that cannot be quenched. I I hear the Lord I hear the Lord saying that in the in the in previous days There are things that could quench the fire that was started in you But I hear the Lord saying that in this hour He's going to cause a blaze of the fire of his spirit to rise in you that no man can stop The Lord says a fire the Lord says that will not be quenched not by circumstances the Lord says not by the lies of the enemy dobro sodore You know what the Lord tell me? He says history will record this generation as being burning ones. That, that term will be used to describe those that have been ignited with the fire of revival and the fire of God's spirit in these last days. The Lord says they'll be referred to as the burning ones for the lord for the lord says this it'll be reported by many that they carried a fire that couldn't be stopped a fire that couldn't be quenched a fire that would burn a fire that would burn even hotter when it was when when there was an attempt to extinguish it Uh, the lord says the lord says in this hour when the enemy when the world Tries to extinguish the fire, the Lord says that I'm causing to burn in my people. The Lord says the fire won't diminish. He says it'll increase. He says the fire, the fire, and the and the flame, and the burning will be exacerbated by any attempt to quench it and any attempt to stop it. He says he says this. He says many will many will say you're going to burn out but the Lord says you'll be just like that bush that burned before the face of Moses God says you will he says you will burn but you will not be consumed the Lord says you will burn he says but you will not burn out you will not be consumed God says oh you will he said you will be my burning ones he says because I will cause you to burn with the fire of my spirit and with the flames of revival he says and those flames he says have been ignited this night in the name of Jesus so Lord we receive it we receive it in the name of Jesus burn in me Lord burn in me koro for the glory of God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Telebrehesta, shere robo robota, shura mara mantara marato roboya. Woo! <laughs> yes! Sh! Marasoya, dulekele chene mandene masebeya. Glory! Glory! Glory. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we're starting this thing right. Amen. I, I think we're starting it right. Praise God. Praise God. And don't agree and Do the and in the Brandon my, He said, you know, he, he tell me, tell you this one. He said, tell him, he, t- he said this. He said, tell him, what did I say? The Lord says, what did I say? He said, I didn't tell you to go by what you felt. He said, I told you to go by what you know. secreta, He says, I brought you out of way too much to leave you here. God says, I brought you out of way too much to leave you here. The Lord says, I've not left you, I've not abandoned you. I'm with you and I'll be with you always. And the Lord says, even though some have not been uh, aware and recognized, the Lord says, it won't be that way for long. For the Lord says, he says, the darkness has pressed in on many. But the Lord says, the fire that you carry shall begin to illuminate the dark places and those the Lord says that have been children of darkness will be converted and turned into children of light for the Lord said you were once darkness but now are you the light no more in darkness the Lord says the former things are gone he said new things have begun he says get ready he says, because it's your time to run, run, run. Yes. And then and he says, and though things have been difficult, the Lord says this. He says, He says, though it's been difficult, he says, I, I haven't removed all of the fun. He says, uh, he says, ooh, <laughs> He says, uh, he says, <laughs> he says, my glory, my glory is being revealed. And he says, in the fire, he says, it's being poured out. He says, the Lord says, nothing shall, shall stop uh, the, the moving forward, the Lord says, of the revealing of my glory, the Lord says, in the earth today. He says, my glory will be revealed in you, and it begins this night. So we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm, I'm grateful to God for all that He said and done here today. And to now receive it. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. Right now. Receive your prosperity. Receive every debt paid and every need met. Receive every blessing. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Everything. Everything. Everything you're not leaving anything on the table you're not leaving anything on the table you getting it all in Jesus name In the I thank you so Lord we receive it, we thank you for it in Jesus name in Jesus name, alright well I'm not going to prolong this and keep us going here, I know that some of you you're in his presence and so I don't want you to be in a hurry I want you to continue to Allow his spirit to work in you. And uh, uh, th- this first night, uh, typically first nights are tough. Tonight wasn't tough at all. That, listen, that's, that's, we're, we're, God's setting the momentum here in these services. So uh, I want you to be in prayer tomorrow. Come back tomorrow with ex- expectation. Let's believe God as we gather here tomorrow. That not only is he going to meet us here, he's going to beat us here. (laughs) So come with a, a heart filled with worship, a heart filled with praise, and with an ear tuned to hear, Lord, what about your purpose have I not seen yet? Tell me, Lord, I'll believe it. I'll exercise faith in it. And I'll bring it out of that spirit realm into the natural by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Pastor Kerry, I'm so glad you came today. I love you, brother. I appreciate you. And so grateful to God for every one of you. So uh, you can hang out here as long as you want, or you can go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're back here together. I know it, uh, it's at 7 o'clock, but uh, it'll be all right. You'll make it. be all right i'll I'll be ministering again tomorrow and then uh on sunday morning sunday night brother andrew from nigeria is coming and uh he'll be here sunday and monday sunday morning sunday night monday night and then Benagiri from queen city texas listen you don't want to miss any of these guys you don't want to miss these guys you say what's so special about these fellas well uh they hang out with jesus you know Ben's one of the one of two pastors that I know that God has used to pastor a revival most churches they you know they go through trouble they go through struggles even after they've had revival in fact some of them will have more trouble after revival when the evangelist leaves but Ben he's, he's had four extended, three or four extended revival meetings in his church all of which I was a part of one of them it was me and several others the rest of them have just been me me and him and every one of them, he just his church remains in, in in revival, because God has taught him how to how to maintain and how to grow in that atmosphere of revival. He, he'll be a blessing to you. I'm telling you, uh, he's kind of spooky. Amen. I like him. So let's let's all come with expectation for the rest of this time. I promise you, it gets gooder and gooder and better and better the more immersed you get. So I love you. I appreciate you. I will see you here tomorrow, seven o'clock in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.